Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. Pleasure to be with you this week. Our guest this week is Sam Soprano, one of the managing directors over at CNA Financial Group. Sam, welcome. Pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Frank. So, Sam, we have been celebrating through the month of April, Financial Literacy Month, as well as it's been Autism Awareness Month. So, you know, before mm-hmm. I get into financial literacy, just, you know, for all of our listeners out there, you know, we do tell you to keep, you know, any people that you know and people that have autism in their families and who are affected by it in your prayers, and also to help autism awareness financially in any way, shape, or that you can. So, we we'll just tell you to, you know, kind of keep that in mind. You know, as we start talking about financial literacy today, today's program is really going to be geared towards teaching our children about finance and about money. You know, Proverbs tells us that even a child is known by his actions, whether his thoughts are pure or right. And the reality of that is, is that our children really learn from us. Uh, they learn everything. Uh, they watch us. They emulate us in everything that we do. So it's no you know, wonder when, you know, parents – struggle financially that we see that history repeats itself as it relates to children. The, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, as they say. That's a great point, Sam. So, <laughs> touche. So, with that being the case, our guest today, Sam, you know, and like I mentioned before, he works with me over at CNA Financial Group. Sam's been with me a number of years. And Sam, you know, when I think in terms of his situation, it is similar to mine. We have three children. He's got three girls. Yeah. Okay. And all, all in their 20s now. And, and he's in the college mode or finishing the college mode. And all of mine, I just finished the college mode. But w- what we're going to try to do with everybody today and our listeners is really give you some insights on some of what we've learned in trying to help our kids with money and letting them kind of see how to spend money, how to save money, and just really that overall education so that you know, we can all help our, our children and you know, make them financially literate so they're not doomed to repeat the same mistakes that we might have made. So with that in mind, I would say that the core to any conversation about money and finance is really to help your children to understand the purpose of money. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, uh, education is paramount in in teaching them not only right and wrong, but in this topic about money. So, so Sam, I know that your children over the years, and and one of the topics that I've I've seen with – or conversations that come up with people is, you know, should my children work? Should they not work? Whatever. And, you know, over the years, I noticed your children worked, my kids worked as they were going through school. Yeah, I, I think it's important for them to, you know, grasp the concept that there is no free lunch and that the harder they work, the luckier they get, the more money they make, and they're able to be self-sufficient. Um, even when they were little kids, um, they had chores around the house. They got an allowance, but they had to do chores in order to earn the allowance. So they learned quickly about um, being not only accountable, accountable to, to, the, to the household, but accountable to themselves. And it, it really um, worked over into their study habits and, and so forth. So it was a, you know, it, it's a rounding out their entire personality. I say it's a part of that whole decision-making process. You know, um, we have shows, uh, one of our other partners over at CNA, you know, like Sam, um, Dave Suki, and Dave has a great phrase that he uses. Um, the phrase is, is uh, the hard easy or the easy hard, which is if we set up our lives and our children's lives to, always, <coughs> excuse me, to take the easy road, we tend to have a harder time later on. 
Right. Versus take the harder road initially and do the right thing, okay, set a good foundation, and then you have it a little bit easier. You know, and they, you know, when you think along those lines, it's the same thing as it relates to money and financial literacy as it relates to money and working with our kids. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, and I, and I think setting that early in their lives pays huge dividends in the future. Um, I look at them now, and you know, two of them are out of college and working, and, and both amazingly have saved tremendous amounts of money, um, even though they're not making a lot of money, but their priority is always to save first. Um, and one of my daughters doesn't even have a credit card, doesn't want one. I'm like, well, you really should establish credit. I don't need it. I'm like, well, we'll have that conversation later. By the way, Sam, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I agree. I agree. And just staying with that, you know, so let's, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, some of the younger children, and then we'll work our way mm-hmm. through the different phases and so forth. So as it relates to the younger children, you know, what I, I've seen over the years is, is that, you know, what I've tried to work with my kids is that um, if they want to be compensated or if they were looking for money to purchase something, then I would typically say, well, then do something. You know, there's no there's no free ride. There's no free lunch, as Sam just mentioned. Right. And, you know, same thing. You know, they babysat. Um, they did chores. Um, two of my daughters life, started lifeguarding when they were 12. Um working at the pool club, they, they always had a job because it was always instilled that you have to, you know, you have to work in through, through life. It's, you know, there is no free ride. Um, and we've been very fortunate in that um, they have accepted that and they have worked. They're always looking for a job. Um, they know they're not coming home from college and spending the summer doing nothing. Um, you want to drive the car, you have to put gas in the car. <laughs> it's that simple. Makes sense. It's, Sam, you know, as we're, we're talking about this, one of the things that I've seen over the years, and I always find it a little bit challenging because, you know, I'll see clients that have it going on or, you know, a friend. Every once in a while, I'll see people that, you know, it's like all of a sudden the new iPhone comes out. And next thing you know, there's a 12-year-old with the new iPhone 5. And it's one of those of, well, who paid for the iPhone? Mm-hmm. Um, and did the child do anything to have earned that? Yes, um, and you know that emotional spending that that I have to have the newest gadget. Um, we have a a good friend of ours who's ha- falls into that category, and it's very interesting because they are financially in trouble constantly, and yet their kids think nothing of losing their brand new iPhone. Um, and now it's four hundred dollars to replace because it wasn't insured, and and it just little things like that and we sit and we just shake our head at you got to be kidding but they never learned their parents never taught them because their parents aren't very well established financially because of making you know stupid emotional spending i call call that the easy hard the easy one is it's so i i would say that there's going to be two situations we're going to have um families that have financial means mm-hmm. and then there's going to be financial families that their financial means are tight now when a fi- family has financial means that are tight they're much quicker hopefully to say no and to try to educate kids or their children on the value of money that you know money basically it doesn't grow on trees right. and so forth and by the way if i had and i've seen this over the years and i know sam you've seen it 
where we have families that don't have financial means and they haven't you know, really learned to say no, and no is okay. Okay. Yeah, this no is actually better than yes many times. Yes, and we, you know, we we've all seen it. Um, it, it, you know what? You can't have everything you want. There's going to be a limit. Um, and At then, some point, on, it's okay to yeah, say no. Yeah, and on the other side, we've seen very wealthy people provide everything for their kids, and now they have no boundaries and they have no respect of money, um, and quite honestly, they're constantly in trouble. And, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, but no one ever said no to them. And, and that's really, you know, when we think of that. So when we look at that, and I say financially that the, their means are tight, when they say yes all the time, I ten, I see that they typically have a lot of credit card debt. Absolutely. And what's learned there is is that a child has seen mom and dad take out the plastic mm-hmm. and just do that. So what they're doing is they're really setting the base for that child of saying. You know what? Even though you might not have the money to pay for it, you know you can get credit cards, and the credit card will pay for it. And all of a sudden, is it's like they start building into credit card debt, which is like really bad. It's it's uh, the uh, ruination of our country. Yes, and and it's it's amazing how children have, have the ability these days to get credit cards, which is you know beyond my comprehension sometimes. Uh, you're a college student. Because I see my daughters all well, the time. They used to do it. Remember, I remember when I brought my son up. You know, He was our first one going through college and you know, brought him up to Ryder. And right there at enrollment, you know, where they were picking up books and so forth, they had the credit card companies <laughs> there so that the kids could sign up for credit cards yeah. so that they had access to capital and right. things of that nature. Yeah. And I, here they are at 18 years old. And if they didn't really understand what a credit card is used for, which is – yeah, it's yep. a bill that has to be paid. Correct. Um, and yet I see, you know, college kids running around. Now, you know, we gave my daughters a credit card for emergencies use only. Right. Um, and it, we were lucky because they would actually call and go, okay, I have a problem. I need to kind of use the card. Like, yeah, okay, you can use the card. It's, it's for an emergency. It, this disqualifies. Right. Good habit. Um, but they, they didn't just go off and spend money. Um, you know, uh, whether they go out to the mall with their friends uh, on the weekend at college and just spend money for no reason um, because they were taught better. So I would say, you know, for our listeners, so our first point of that would be is to, you know, recognize it's okay to say no and it's probably a good thing to say no more often than you're saying yes. Yes, absolutely. The second thing that, you know, I would point out to people as you're listening is is that uh, – Allowing them to do chores and to work, whether they start out when they're very young around the house or as they're getting a little bit older, okay, doing other summer jobs for all of my kids. I mean, I used to have them doing filing at the office. I mm-hmm. mean, and you've seen my kids <laughs> yes. here over the years. You know, yes. they, they used to sit there and say, it's like, I feel like the copy queen, but they'd be doing <laughs> copies, files, answering uh-huh. phones, and we would find things for them to do so that, you know, they weren't just receiving a check during the summer so that they felt like, mm-hmm. oh, good, I got spending money. They actually understood that money, okay, follows value, which is one of the themes that we always say, which is the more value you provide, the more money you'll receive. So right. create value. Yeah, and um, it's it's okay to work. It's a good yeah, thing. It's a, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, my, my daughters have been working since they were 12. Um, and did they like every job they had? No. That's how you learn them. But you, then you you figure out what you like and what you don't like. Um, and even you know now that my middle daughter is a school teacher, she still 
has a summer job. Because she goes, well, what would I do? I'd sit around all summer. That'd be boring. <laughs> I understand <laughs> like, that there's more purpose. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's a good thing. And, and they save money on a systematic basis, which is a good thing. They understand the value of a dollar, which is a good thing. Uh, and that all comes from years of watching their parents and how they handled the money. Good point. The other thing that I would say is, you know, as we point out what parents can do to help their children is really, I would say, help them with budgeting. And when I say budgeting, it could be something as simple as um, when you're going food shopping Mm -hmm. and just saying, you know what, I'll tell you what, we're going to go food shopping. You know, if you want, you can go do the food shopping. Here's what I need. Here's the money. Okay. And see how they do. Or the other side of that, and just staying with that for one second would be, Okay, you go through the store with them, and they have a budget, and see how they do on their food shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's great, especially you know little kids love to go out with their you know their mom, and yeah, let, take them to the food store and let, let's see what they uh, you know what what they buy and how much it costs and how far a dollar goes. Um, I had a, a good friend of mine; his daughter was getting ready to go to college, and she was I guess seventeen, eighteen years old. And he sat her down and he said, "Okay, if you want to go to this college, which is in Vermont." This is what it's going to cost. This is how much I can afford, and this is how much you will take out in loans. And she looked at her father and said, that's way too much money. I'll go to OCC for two years until I figure this out. And that's what she did. I said, that kid will go places in life. She'll never have a money issue because she understands the value of a dollar. I said, you did a very good job in teaching her. (laughs) And Sam, it's such a great point because it's one of those of you're either going to set your children up to succeed or you're going to set them up to fail. Mm-hmm. And if you want to set them up to, to succeed, like we've been mentioning, it's that whole idea of the purpose of money. Uh, money follows value. It's right. not just free. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the whole idea of then of it's good to say no because if you say yes right. to everything, when you start saying no later, so it's kind of like yes, 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 and all of a sudden the day I say no, they're going to you know, have a meltdown. Right. And the reason being they're not used to that. Absolutely. So, so they've got to respect that it's okay to say no and mm-hmm. it's okay to disagree. Yeah. There's, again, like you said, there's not, no is not a bad thing. Um, and it's so important, especially, and I think it's especially by time like take 10 to 16 years of age, it's so important to get them to understand the value of money and how to save and why they need to save and you know, ingrain that so that by the time they're 18 or 19 years old, the pattern's set. You know, when you just said that about setting a pattern, you know, we mentioned it before, but we touched it very lightly. The pattern should be, okay, is that you save, then spend as well. And when we think in terms of that, because I have, you know, my youngest one is now, you know, she's teaching also. Right. And so, you know, as she's getting paid right now, it's one of those of everything pretty much goes in the bank. Mm-hmm. And she actually is very funny, which is I don't think she spends for anything. But <laughs> she, she sounds like my daughter. Yes. They're the same age, as I a matter know. of fact. So what happens is is uh, she understands that habit of save, then spend. Mm-hmm. And because she's working and so forth, she actually thinks in terms of, do I really want to spend my money on that? And right. so that, that's really what you want them to start doing because if they question purchases, it avoids that emotional spending. And right. that emotional spending really is that downward slide. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, you, you go into a store and you see a nice dress or you see a, a suit and all of a sudden you have to buy it. And you, do you really and truly need it? 
And most times you don't. Right. Um, and it's once you start that pattern, it's very difficult to break because like it's kind of like eating food. Once you say, you know, once you start eating it, it's hard to say no to dessert. You know, you have to break that habit. Yep. So the emotional spending, I think, is one of the biggest issues, uh, not only with young people, but with everyone. Very good. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today, uh, Sam Soprano, Managing Director over at CNA Financial Group. You know, works with me every day. So, Sam, thank you for being with us <laughs> well, on the thank, show. Thanks for asking me on. And my name is Frank Congelos. I've been your host today and pretty much with you every week. If you have any questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.